to you, Lord Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that you might fall powerfully upon us this morning that your Holy Spirit might open up your word before our eyes, Lord God, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Please place your words in my mouth that I might proclaim them boldly and faithfully, Lord, and may you transform us today through this encounter with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all this morning. Well, on Wednesday, my dad and I were off four-wheeling up in the mountains, as I kind of like to do when I get out of here. And uh, it was a great day of four-wheeling, right? We were up on Signal Peak. Anyone know where Signal Peak is? It's the big red mountain as you're heading up toward the Donner Summit on the left side with all, like, the towers up on it. 
Uh, so we came up one side, which is really the easy drive. I'd been thwarted two other times on this mountain, so I was really intent upon conquering it this time in my old Land Cruiser. I drive a 1968 Land Cruiser. And so we went up the easy side, which was no big deal, except for if you like slip, you'd fall thousands of feet to your death. But the other side was the problem, was the thing I had gotten thwarted by twice before, and so I really wanted to conquer it this time. And so I was cruising down and kind of like slowly crawling around these rocks the size of like coolers and moving through this loose terrain and dirt. And I was feeling pretty good because I was doing a great job, right? I was missing the big rocks and I just felt really confident. And what usually happens when you feel real confident? That's when you mess up, right? I saw this big rock that I thought I'd navigated around perfectly. It turns out I hadn't, right? I hear this giant rushing noise out of the passenger side of my car, and I think, I wonder what my dog ate last night. And then I realize, wait, that wasn't that. In fact, it was the air all rushing out of my tire because I had come a little too close to this rock. And as you can see, I don't know if you can notice this little gap. This is my, I mean, it didn't, the whole chunk didn't come off like this, right? I I had to do this in my garage. It was really a pain in the neck, but... This opening was created in the side of my tire. And how well do you think it held air at that point? No, it's terrible. I limp, we limped down to a creek bed just a little bit down the trail where we were, able to, we were able to jack up the car and get that tire off and put on the spare. But the tire was ruined. Right? There's no repair you can do for this, is it? How much duct tape does it take to fix this? Right? Will it ever hold air again? No, that's the end of this tire's life. It's done. There's no way to heal the wound that was created by that rock in this tire. It'll never live the same life again. Okay, so we are having eight baptisms today. Isn't that exciting? That's right. I love that. And so I think it's natural to speak about John the Baptist. And that's why I was so excited to see our gospel passage today from the Gospel of Mark. Because it's a great story about John the Baptist, isn't it? Full of happy endings. It's a perfect baptismal passage, isn't it? No, unfortunately, it's the beheading of John the Baptist by King Herod, which is a little disappointing because I really love John the Baptist. So here's the situation that leads up to this climactic event in the Gospel of Mark. John is out in the wilderness preaching a gospel of repentance and pointing out to people that they've gone far from God. Right? He's saying, you know, you brood of vipers, you know, you've lost track of the worship of the holy God. Many people respond to this message positively. Right? They come out and they are baptized in the Jordan River in droves. Unfortunately, not everyone responded well to this message. One such negative response came from Herodias, the wife of Herod the king. Well, let's get accurate about this. She wasn't really the wife of Herod the king, right? That wasn't at least her first husband. Who was the other husband? Herod's brother, right? Uh, Is that good? I mean, it was good in that she didn't have to change her driver's license or social security cards or her checks, right? She got to keep the same last name. But was it good to do that? To marry, you know, switch brothers? No. Is that acceptable culturally? No. It wasn't according to the law. It wasn't a good thing. And John the Baptist let her her know that. He said, look, what you've done is wrong. You have broken the law. 
And surprisingly, this queen did not like her dirty laundry aired out in public. Fancy that. You know, we all love it. But no, she did not appreciate that. She actually wanted to kill John the Baptist at that point. And so he compelled, she compelled her husband to arrest John. The problem was, though, Herod liked John a lot, and he wanted to keep him safe. He didn't want him to be killed by his wife because he appreciated hearing what John had to say. There was something about John that Herod was compelled to, and he did not want to murder him. So this became a sensitive issue in their marriage, this John the Baptist, don't you think? Well, the resolution of this marital problem came to a head on one evening when Herodias, as she called in our gospel passage, uh, the, uh, another gospel calls her Salome, which helps to ease the confusion, this daughter of Herodias danced for Herod and his guests. Herod was so impressed by her dancing, which is a little creepy, that he makes a rash promise that he will give her anything that she wants. And what does this young girl want? An iPod? Maybe iPad? New car? Right? She's promised up to half the kingdom. What does she want? John's head. She asks her mom for advice. And like any good mother, her mom gives her this good advice. And she comes back with this request. I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. What is it that causes someone to, mu- to murder another person like this? What is it? Hate. Fear. Absolutely. And those are all just synonyms for sin. Those were all just different manifestations of that sin which she was harboring in her heart. She felt she had been wronged by John the Baptist, and she was going to exact her revenge at any cost. Sin is the thing that caused her to desire to kill John the Baptist. Now, I'm sure that her first ventures at sin were not like this. right? She didn't like her first sin in her life be like, I want to murder somebody. Right, as a little kid? No, how does sin usually start for you or me? What? Start small, that's right. And what does it do? Like any kind of organic thing in this world. It grows, right? It grows and slowly you find yourself allowing more and more of your life to have sin as its lord to be controlled by sin. It's just the natural progression of things. Because once you get enough of a ways down the road with sin, it becomes almost impossible to go back, doesn't it? Right? Have you ever been caught in a lie that just keeps going and going and you have to add more lies to it? And then suddenly you realize that to go back to that point of before that lie started would be incredibly, almost impossibly hard for you? You might be better than me, but I've been there before. It's an unpleasant feeling to know or to feel like there is no return back to that place of wholeness, that place where you feel that you can speak the truth without fear. She had gone down that road as well, much farther than us. You know, praise, thank God for his grace. She went a long way further than you or I have probably gone. But one day she found herself desiring more than anything to murder the person 
who had been pointing out her brokenness. She was willing to sacrifice all kinds of blessings so that her guilt could be taken away from her by the death of John the Baptist. I mean, think about it. She could have had anything. How much was she promised? Was her daughter promised? Half the kingdom, right? So what, what could that be? Think of some things you could ask for. Money, yeah. Season pass in Disneyland, right? You can nail that. Jewels, um, everything, like palaces. All, you could have asked for half the authority. Or you could have said, split the kingdom with me. I want half of it. She could have had anything. But what does she want more than anything? What mom said. And what does mom want more than anything? John the Baptist to be dead. And would this rid her of her guilt? No, because what has she just done in murdering John the Baptist? Sinned again, right? And how do you get out of that hole? Right? You can't bring him back. The sin just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and she is completely stuck in it. Sin works this way in all of us. It leads us to death. Right? What does the Bible say the wages of sin are? Death. It leads us to death, both ours and others. And like my tire, sin causes a terror in us that's irreparable. There is no way to repair that terror that sin creates in our lives. There's no amount of duct tape, no amount of those little tire patch kits they make for mountain bikes, no amount of slime or whatever you can put in there or fix a flat. There's no amount of that that can take care of the terror that is created in our lives by sin. She could do nothing. Herodias could do nothing to atone for her sins. She could not repair what had been broken. We suffer from the same condition. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ, the one who took our wounds upon himself so that through his death and resurrection, we could be made whole. He took this terror upon himself without even sinning so that you and I could be forgiven for the sin that created the terror in the first place. That is the hope that we baptize these children into today. We baptize them into the hope that Jesus Christ has and will heal the wounds of their sin. We baptize them into the hope that through the power of his blood, he can wash them clean and make them a new creation in Jesus Christ just as he has done for you and for me. That is the hope that our Lord Jesus Christ gives us. So if you find yourself today feeling that terror in your heart caused by sin, may you turn to our Lord Jesus Christ, accept his grace, his forgiveness, and his mercy, and step out of this place filled with joy and hope, knowing that he has made all things new, and he has begun it with you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your sacrificial death for us. We thank you, Lord God, that you offer us hope, you offer us redemption and healing, Lord, in the wounds that you took on for us. We pray, Lord God, that you would do your great work of new creation inside of us, that you would heal our hearts, heal our lives, bring us to wholeness in you, that we might live faithfully as your people in this world. 
And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.